Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Maciel Davila Ferrer. And we welcome you to our ongoing series, Trusting God's Way. We are in episode 16. (laughs) I know, it goes fast. And these are such fascinating stories. And we learn so much from them. And one of the things I've really enjoyed is that we've studied some messy people with some (laughs) crazy stories. So I feel a little bit better about myself. (laughs) It's interesting because I always say to people, um, there's not one family in the Bible that is not dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. All of them are dysfunctional. Absolutely. Even Jesus' family is dysfunctional. Yeah. You know, they're trying to talk him out of his calling. And, yeah. and today we're going to see a dysfunctional family mm-hmm. in one of the judges. This is the ninth judge that we're going to be studying. Um, uh, his name is Jephthah or Jephthah. And and uh, he had a messy family. And, and in some ways, we're surprised that he gets chosen to be a judge. Yes. Have you ever been surprised for being chosen at any time. <laughs> I remember so keenly in in Canada, you graduate with your grade eight where mm-hmm. I grew up and I won a Christian citizenship award. Wow. And it wasn't like I was a bad kid, but I wasn't like really good. <laughs> and you were surprised to get it? And it came with a $50 prize too. Wow. So when you're 13, that's a big deal. Yeah. But it, it brought me so much joy because I was an unexpected moment yeah, where I surprise. was chosen. Yeah. I, I remember a couple of times in my life, um, now more as an adult, that I was chosen for something mm. that I thought that they had the wrong number. You know, when they called me, <laughs> I was like, do you know, do you know, do you know who I am? Yeah. I mean, you know, I have an accent, do you know, these things. Mm-hmm. And, and they were going, yeah, yeah, you're so and so, right? And yeah, and, and I kept looking back like Moses did when he was stuttering, <laughs> thinking there's no way God is calling me, right? right? So I do have a couple of times in my life that were pivotal that, that I think, I, I I might have had the feeling that Jephthah had <laughs> that we're going to study here because he had been in some ways rejected. Yes. Not in some ways, in many ways, mm-hmm. and ostracized. And um, God doesn't see what we see. Uh, God sees different. Yes. You know, like in the story of David, right? He told Samuel, you know, don't look at the outside. I'm looking at the inside. So, yeah. And he is rejected by the people that we think are going to accept us the most. Yes. And, and that's a lot of... Us here is the story that we have. Yeah. We've been re- rejected by the yeah. people close to us. Close to us. And, mm-hmm. and if you have been rejected um, because of your background and your circumstances or the circumstances of your birth or your family of origin, uh, you will really want to hear this story. Uh, because when we start in Judges chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, we are in a dysfunctional family because... Something has happened in that family. So why don't you go ahead and start us with it? Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty warrior. His father was Gilead. His mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when they were grown up, they drove Jephthah away. You are not going to get any of our inheritance (laughs) from our family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. Well, look look at this, how we're starting Jephthah's description, right? Uh, Jephthah um, had a background that, that some of of you in the audience may have and think that there's no way God will ever choose you right. because you're coming from a dark place or from a or from an addict or from yes. a prostitute or yes. from somebody in jail. Who knows? I mean, people have all kinds of... And, and you say, no, there's no way that God's going to choose me, 
right? we constantly disqualify ourselves because yeah. of our background. Yeah, but what is interesting is that often God uses those that have been discarded by society, yes. and He uses them to fulfill His purposes. I feel like He specializes in the outcasts. Absolutely. Oh, He does. Yeah. He does. And here we have a family situation. Uh, this man slept with a prostitute, had this son, Jephthah, mm-hmm. but his wife, this man's wife, also had many other sons that were, uh, let's say, le- legitimate sons, right? And it looks like for a while they were all growing to, up together. Well, it seems like uh, his father brought him to live in his family, mm-hmm. showing that, uh, in fact, he was part of the family mm-hmm. for him. But at, at the point of, um, you know, distributing the inheritance, they said, you're not going to have yeah, any inheritance no, because you're not one of us, really, you know? Yes. And so this man, not only was it he rejected, but there was a whole stigma to, to him, right? And he went to live far away. Yes. Because you can't shake that. That yeah. that's in he was a son of a he was a son of a like yeah, he, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. take that away. Absolutely. And it says that he fled from if he was rejected by the family, he was an outsider for his tribe, for his country even. And so verse three says that Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. And this is far away. Mm. This is Transjordan to the mm-hmm. other side, east of the Jordan. And these people from Tob eventually will become allies of the Ammonites. Mm. And so this, this is far away from his people, you know. Right. So that's where he's he's growing up. And so... Um, <laughs> In my translation, it says, with a group, he settled in the land with a group of adventurers, Mm. and they gathered around him and followed him. I don't think that's exactly right. What does yours say? (laughs) Well, adventurous seems positive, right? Yes. No, actually, my my translation says, uh, uh, worthless fellows (laughs) gather themselves about Jephthah. And actually, the Hebrew uh, uses a word that says almost like without property, like Mm. like, um, without worth Mm -hmm. in the sense of being poor, not having any. Mm-hmm. place to go like losers we would say in this, this would culture. have been similar to the the band that david eventually has exactly, around him exactly so um that's where uh, jephthah actually gets his military background mm. because they they do raids they go they, they it is believed that they have a group of people that could be for hire okay. or do raids in different cities or different things but anyways he's kind of leading them right yeah. so on verse five the sons of amon fought against israel and they, these people that had rejected him, they say, oh, oh we, we know somebody that is pretty good at war, we hear. <laughs> we we so, need to go backwards yeah, on our word here. So reading yeah, verse 5. Yeah, that's good. The elders of Gilead went to Jephthah from the land of Tob. Come, they said, be our commander so we can fight the Ammonites. So so when they have a, a need, now they remember this man that, yes. that was the son of a prostitute, but that they heard that he was a good warrior. Could it be that they wanted him to do their dirty work for them? And he says here, be our commander. Yes. And this is an actual... This is in battle. This is like mm-hmm. a military leader. And uh, Jephthah has a few things to say to them. <laughs> he says to them in verse 7, Didn't you hate me and drive me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? Yeah, and it's interesting because these are the elders of Gilead. They're not just his brothers. Mm. And so he's saying, uh, he's making them actually responsible. Like they, he has been rejected not yes. just by his family, but by his people, by his tribe, yes. by his nation. Yes. Right? He says, now you you were hating me then, now you come to me? And I think that's a reasonable response. How mm. many of us 
we, we, we have a hard time letting go of some of those hurts or some of the things that people have said. Well, yeah, you want to make sure that you're not stepping into the same situation. Yes, to actually. get hurt again, absolutely. And then they said to him on verse 8, well, if you come, not only will you be the chief uh, military, but we're going to make you the head of all the inhabitants of Gilead. They're sweetening the deal here. Yeah, it's looking yes. more appealing. Yeah, and, and that meant that you would be the head both in war and in peace, mm. that you would be both civil and military leader. Mm. So they're saying, okay, why don't you come back? We'll, we'll accept you fully and we will be under your command. And and so uh, Jephthah says, okay, the Lord, verse 10, well, go ahead and read it. The elders of Gilead replied, the Lord is our witness. We will certainly do as you say. Yeah, and so Jephthah then eventually agrees to go and becomes their leader. And he is the ninth judge in the book of Judges. So remember, he's coming from a bad history. Yeah. From They don't want, they kicked him out and they're now giving that, him an opportunity. And yeah. he has a choice here to actually help his people. And it's not going to be just the people's choice, mm. but eventually will be God's choice yes. because God will give him his spirit to be able to do what he needed to do. And, and I think it's important to pause here and to t- tell our audience and to tell ourselves that our difficult past doesn't have to determine our destiny. A lot of people say, well, I had this particular past. Yes. There's no way I can have a destiny and a purpose in Absolutely. God's uh, you know, kingdom. And it's not the way it is. N- our good doesn't qualify us for salvation and our bad doesn't, doesn't disqualify, disqualify us. us. Exactly. And, and that is a very important point, uh, Maciel, that you're making. So here, Jephthah, verse 12 on, shows his leadership skills because first, he, uh, you know, the, the king of Ammon that is uh, fighting against them, um, he sends messengers twice to this yes. king. So he, first, yes. he uses the diplomatic uh, venue. That doesn't work. Then he gives uh, them the reasons why right. they have this land. And he says, why are you bothering us? We're already established here. Yeah. He lists some of the reasons. Like, first of all, we took the land from the Amorites, not the Ammonites. Mm-hmm. The Lord gave the land to Israel. And we've been here for a long time. He yeah. even appeals to them and mentions their God. Like, yeah, says, our God gave us this land. Wouldn't you keep a land that your God your, gave you? Exactly. And, and you can read this on verse 24. He says, if your God gives you a, a, a land, wouldn't you possess it? And our our God has given us this yes. land, right? So yes. he gives three. Stay here. <laughs> yeah, he gives three different reasons, mm-hmm. and eventually Jephthah appeals to the ultimate judge on verse twenty-seven. He says, "May the Lord, the Judge, judge today mm-hmm. between the sons of Israel and the sons of Ammon, because uh, what happened is." Not even diplomacy or reason or reasons of any kind actually helped the situation. So they went to war. It's interesting that this man, who was known to be a warrior, chooses these things before heading straight long into battle. Yeah, yeah. It, that's why I said, you know, it seems like he's trying not to have mm-hmm. the war. Yeah. But then he does something really, really weird um, that we cannot fully explain or mm-hmm. why he does it. When he's about to go to battle in verse 29 of chapter uh, 11 of Judges, he decides to make a vow. And the vow is if the Lord uh, gives us the sons of Ammon into, mm-hmm. into our hand, mm-hmm. uh, read the vow, verse 31. Whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So he, he does this, this strange vow mm-hmm. that he will make a sacrifice, a specifically a burnt offering, whatever yes. whatever comes to him first, right? And it sounds 
nice, but it ends up in tragedy. <laughs> yeah, and and the truth is, uh, he didn't think it through. You yeah, know, he was. Uh, this was a little rush judgment, and some people think that maybe because he lived for so long um, away from the people of Israel, he had some pagan influence. Oh, okay, on the sacrifices to try to you know gain the favor of the mm-hmm. gods. Anyways, the truth is, God gave him the sons of Ammon his hand, and when he came back from battle, what did he find? His daughter is rushes out to meet him to celebrate yeah. with tambourines to congratulate him, and he, you know, he realizes that 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 had been a rushed vow. Yes, yes. Uh, not because he wanted to celebrate. That's great, but yeah. because what was going to happen to his daughter? His now? only daughter, his yeah. only child, his only child yeah. altogether. So, uh, because of this vow, his descendants ended. Mm. Uh, we don't know what sacrifice meant for 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 the daughter if she had to be consecrated and not be married mm-hmm. or if he actually gave her as a sacrifice mm-hmm. and burnt offering. We don't know that. Yeah, but we know that her his descendants stopped because he no longer had anybody that could give him a child yeah. after that, yeah. um, like a grandchild, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, the, the the point is this. Somehow, this man, this judge, ended up in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews 11. Isn't that something? Yes, so, because we have all the four main judges that we're stu- studying all in the same verse in Hebrews eleven thirty-two. Do you have it? By I do. Okay. I do. 32 here. Uh, yeah. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Yeah, so in one verse, we have all the judges there, including Jephthah. So even though he had some rush judgment and some infirmity, obviously, Mm -hmm. and he had come from difficult circumstances. Still, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, we're told, uh, you know, for battle, and he was able to win the battle. These messy people that we've been reading about, they're in the Spiritual Hall of Fame, and suddenly it seems more attainable. Like, if a hero can be broken and make mistakes. Absolutely. And and the Spirit of the Lord uses them. By going back to Judges 11, verse 29, it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. So, obviously, God also chose him. It was and just the people. Yes. So we want to tell you today that that God often chooses the least, the outcast, uh, the marginalized, the stigmatized. You know, the the people that seem not to qualify. He chooses them both for salvation. Yes. And also for a purpose yes. in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I want to finish with a verse that I really like that reminds us that we do have an inheritance, even if other people like Jephthah's brothers said you don't. Uh, chapter one of First Peter. Uh, verse 4, it says, you have an inheritance in Christ Jesus, and it will not fade away. It's reserved in heaven just for you, no matter where you came from. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free. Woohoo!